What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Dirty Blondes. All right. So this episode is going to be a little bit different than what I normally do. So when I started this podcast, one of the main things that I wanted to accomplish was to share my personal experiences that could potentially be relatable to some of my listeners or that could offer potentially a different perspective. In addition to that, I also wanted to educate my listeners about certain topics that aren't openly talked about or that have stigmas or misinformation around them. People always ask me why I started the podcast, and the main reason is because I've always been a sounding board for a lot of people in my life. People always come to me for advice or to get my opinion on various situations, and I really do enjoy helping people out in that way if I can. But now, I feel like everyone and their mother is starting a podcast. Every time I go on TikTok, I'm seeing some new podcast that's trying to go viral either for clout or to validate some semi-deep thought that their last four brain cells had. Personally, I don't think that everyone needs to start a dating podcast just because they can purchase a microphone and they've had a few mediocre or bad experiences that are living consistently rent-free in their heads instead of simply working through their issues in therapy like normal people. So this is a little PSA, especially to the men either wanting to start a podcast or ones that are already out there with microphones in hand. Starting a podcast does not substitute for therapy and professional help. Okay, Just because you're recording your thoughts and sharing it on the internet doesn't mean that your mental health is in the right spot to be sharing what's going on in that toxic, empty dome of yours. And anyone can master the art of talking slow and emphasizing certain things to make it sound important, but it doesn't mean that it's some deep and profound thought. Also, I totally understand that everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and I'm not saying that everyone's opinions aren't valid, but I don't think that everyone is entitled to share their opinion if they have a platform where they are sharing horrible advice and misinformation. I think it's really important for creators to understand that there are a lot of people out there who take every single thing that they hear as gospel. And there are a lot of people out there who don't understand sarcasm and satirical jokes. I see way too many content creators out here who really don't think about what they're saying or how it could potentially affect their listeners. They just care about their social media stats and the fame that goes along with it. And especially with dating and relationships, These topics are so situational. There isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to any of this. Every person has different expectations, upbringings, backgrounds, insecurities, traumas, needs, goals, and so on. So all of the rules and advice that you hear should be taken with a grain of salt, and you should read the room and not just go through the motions of following what you're hearing on podcasts or TikTok or from influencers or wherever else you're getting your information from. Now, I think it's really great to hear different perspectives from people because I think the more that you learn about the human experience can really offer a different view that you might not have considered, and it might help you with future relationships or future situations you might get into. But my problem is when people start giving advice and they're not healed or in the right frame of mind to be doing so, you cannot give sound and unbiased advice when you are still healing yourself and when you're still processing and dealing with drama and trauma and all of that kind of stuff. It's like getting out of a really long-term bad and toxic relationship and jumping immediately into the next one. That relationship is not going to last. It's giving you endorphins and serotonin and all the other good feelings that you're feeling because it's 
obviously opposite of what you just got out of, but you healing at the same time of like trying to start a new relationship with someone is never going to work. Like I'm always talking about my therapist and how far I've come in the relationship with myself and how I'm in a better place when it comes to dating. If I had started this podcast prior to therapy, you guys would have been like, what the fuck is this bitch even talking about? So the whole reason I'm talking about all of this is because in the last week or so, I've seen a new dating podcast that's gone viral on TikTok called Good Bro, Bad Bro. It's two 20-something guys from Canada who share their advice on dating and relationships. I've only seen their clips on TikTok because I don't hate myself enough to actually listen to an entire podcast episode, but I got to tell you, the bullshit that I've seen so far is absolute trash. A majority of people are constantly questioning if it's a satire or not because the level of confidence is as scary as the noise that's coming out of these guys' mouths. In one of their most recent TikToks, the main host said that he trolls on the podcast all the time. So someone challenged him in the comments about shifting from trolling to giving actual advice. And he said, that's marketing 101. And he called his strategy hot and cold technique. Now, I have my bachelor's degree in business administration and I have my master's degree in marketing. I've worked at a company that's worth $16 billion in their marketing department. And even though I've been out of school for a while, the hot and cold technique isn't really ringing a bell. All I can think of is hot and cold sales leads, which I don't think that's what he was referring to. And also the main clown in this circus of a podcast is offering services where you can pay him for one-on-one advice. So my question is, how are you going to say in one breath that you're trolling on your podcast and it's not serious and whatever, But then you're expecting people to pay you for help and advice. It seems to me like they don't know their own brand. So it looks like it's time for Dumb and Dumber to revisit their mission statement. You know, Marketing 101. And based on their interactions and responses in the comments to people commenting either on their TikTok or their YouTube or whatever, it seems like they're mixing up the definitions of trolling, satire, and clickbait. Like, I I honestly don't think that they know what they're accomplishing. They just keep saying that it's a marketing tactic and all of this bullshit. Being a troll and making videos that are clickbait so people click and download and view your stuff is that's that's different. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm going to play some of the audio clips that I have seen on TikTok. And I'm just going to share my two cents about what they're saying. Also, I feel like I just have to say this. I do not own the audio of the clips from the Good Bro, Bad Bro podcast. I downloaded the audio from the TikTok clips that they posted on their public account. I have the links to each of the clips in the description of this episode if you want to check out their account and see the full clips for yourself. What happens to a lot of guys is they get into relationships where they are high value, they're strong, they're in a good position, but they become weak, death by a thousand paper cuts to the woman in the relationship. She becomes the masculine one. All of a sudden, the man's not attractive to anymore. She leaves him. And then the guy feels cheated because he's like, fuck. She said she wanted me to talk to her more. She said she wanted me to be emotional, tell her these problems, spend more time with her. But then when you do that, you become a woman. And women don't want to date women unless they're lesbians. Shout out to all the lesbian queens listening. All right. So this is obviously total fucking bullshit. In my 34 years on this planet, I have never met a woman 
who would prefer their man to be some stoic person who doesn't show emotion. That's why women keep telling men to go to therapy. Okay. We want men to understand their emotions and that their feelings are valid and they don't need to hide or suppress them because of society's view of being a man. As a cougar, I have met so many younger guys who really open up about personal stuff when they're around me, whether it's about dating, their jobs, fears of growing up, personal problems with family or friends, their sexuality, and so on. And a lot of times they're kind of apologetic because I think some of them feel a little bit embarrassed or start to second guess why they're opening up to me. But like I said before, I love giving advice and I love helping people. So to me, it's attractive when a guy shows emotion and vulnerability. And it's also just nice to see who they really are because they're not putting on this front of like this cool guy persona or whatever. And I also like the fact that they're comfortable enough with me to share that emotion or personal shit that they're dealing with. So I think the fact that they're sitting there telling guys not to be emotional with women or share their feelings and... I think there was another clip that they said, don't share, you know, anything personal with your girlfriends, only share it with your best friends or family or therapist or whatever. And how are you supposed to be in a relationship and build something with someone if they have no idea what's going on in your head? Like, that's absolutely atrocious advice. All right. So this next clip is quite a doozy. So something I've noticed, too, actually, from clubs, the most confident girls are always the bigger, thicker girls Mm -hmm. because they have to hit on men. They put themselves out there, bro. Yeah, yeah. fat yeah. chicks, large plus size girls, mm-hmm. very aggressive at clubs because yeah. they have to be the man. They have to be the one approaching. I honestly don't even know where the fuck to start with this clip. So to say that plus size women, wait, 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 <laughs> let me use their words to say that fat chicks are aggressive in a club because they have to be the man is some of the craziest shit I've ever heard. As someone who used to be 400 pounds, I can tell you personally that I had zero confidence at that point in my life, and I would have never approached any guy in a social setting. Even now, where I'm in a much better place with how I look, I would still never approach a guy, even though I consider myself confident. I personally don't like going up to strangers to talk to them because I don't like when strangers approach me. Like, it's just not something that I enjoy. I'd rather have full control of a situation on a dating app and pick and choose who I want to talk to instead of some random ass guy approaching me at a bar or me approach them and them not be interested and then just have like this weird, awkward encounter. Like, I'm good. And obviously for me, the reason that I was overweight was because of depression and compulsive overeating, which is basically a form of an eating disorder. I hated myself and I hated how I looked and I never saw myself as a worthy person to date because I knew that most guys would not be attracted to me, which is part of the reason why I didn't leave my ex for so long because I felt like I needed to tolerate his bullshit because I didn't think that I would find anyone else who would be physically attracted to me. And look, there are plenty of confident plus size women out there. Lizzo and Tess Holliday have really brought a new sense of self-love and worth to the plus-size community. So yes, there may be plus-size women out there who have gained more confidence and are willing to go up and approach a guy. But to make a blanket statement that all plus-size women are confident and aggressive at clubs because they need to be a man is just wild. Because you don't know what an individual is going through. I can assure you that probably a good chunk of plus-size women are dealing with depression and emotional stress and all kinds of other things that make them not feel confident, especially when two jerk offs are on a podcast calling them fat chicks, you know, and also 
what does it even mean to be a man? I feel like these are the types of guys to ask gay men, well, who's the girl in the relationship? Like, get a fucking clue with the misgendering and misogynistic way of thinking. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think what they really meant to say was that a lot of plus-size women have more dominant personalities, and they're okay with making the first move in a club because of their confidence, not that they're more masculine. Being masculine and being dominant are not interchangeable or directly related. You can be a dominant female and a submissive male, okay? You don't have to be a masculine woman to have a dominant personality and confidence that is completely different. And since these guys are so good at analyzing people's appearances, here's another gem of a clip for you. Look, if you're looking for great sex, go out with a girl with tattoos, dude. Dude. green flag yeah girls with tattoos freaks in the sheets dude bro yeah and and they're basically displaying it like if you're a good girl but you're freaking the sheets like no tats it's like you don't know that she yeah. could be a librarian but a girl with lots of tattoos bro you know she's a freak you know she gets down dirty all right so this is basically like saying oh wow she must be so smart because she wears glasses one literally has nothing to do with the other I have met plenty of women with plenty of tattoos, and I know for a fact that not all of them are as kinky or as freaky as these guys assume. And it's funny that they say tattoos are displaying that women are freaky and that it's a green flag, but in a different clip, they're shaming women for posting thirst traps, selfies, and bikini pictures. Thirst traps. <sighs> Swimsuit photos. Oh, body photos <laughs> selfies Stop. you know that angle too where they're on the angle oh and then yeah, there's all those girls like oh my gosh she does it for herself no 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 she does it for other girls if you're posting a photo for yourself then the photo's never posted put it on private not even just the profile but like if i take a photo for myself that photo doesn't get posted online the whole point of fucking posting a photo is for other people to see it. Right. So anytime a girl says, oh, I posted a photo for myself. No, you didn't. Because then you would post the photo on somewhere. Nobody would see it. AKA, you wouldn't post the photo. Dude. Yeah, it's true. It'd stay on the camera roll. So I'm trying to understand the logic here. They're not okay with girls posting pictures of themselves because they're getting attention from guys online, but they're okay with potential partners just displaying wherever they go that they're allegedly so freaky in bed. It seems a little contradictory to me, and I'm not really getting the logic. How about this? You just leave women the fuck alone and stop assuming things about all of us because you clearly don't know what you're talking about. All right, the next topic I'm going to cover that they've talked about a lot is being on your phone and the red flags associated with that. If a girl is always on her phone, major red flag. Mm. If you're like seeing your girl a couple times a week and within 10 minutes of you guys sitting down on the couch, she's already on her phone. Dude, what the fuck? If you're like 21 or older, like get off your phone when you're like on a date. <sighs> God, these guys are such fucking clowns. Sitting at someone's frat house or dorm room or apartment isn't an actual date. Okay, that's hanging out. A date is like going out somewhere, doing an activity with someone, not just sitting at someone's fucking house on their couch watching Netflix so you can try to grope them. Like, fuck off. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but... You hamsters are going to be really disappointed when you're in long-term relationships because most of your time isn't going to consist of riveting or thought-provoking conversations all the time. 
you're both going to be on your phones watching TV, probably not fully paying attention to each other. Now, if you're meeting someone for the first time and they're on their phone nonstop, then yeah, that's not a good sign. And that's a huge red flag. But if you're hanging out multiple times a week and you're mutually chilling at each other's houses, then that's a completely different story. Red flags are situational. To me, this sounds more like projection of their insecurities and lack of trust for the women that they're surrounding themselves with. They also went on to say that when a man doesn't reply to a woman's text right away, it's a green flag because it implies that they're doing something and that they have a purpose. So I guess these guys think that women don't have a purpose and we're just laying around eating bonbons all day and knitting them sweaters and cooking food for them and just waiting by our phones to text them back. When a man doesn't reply to girls right away, that's a green flag. Yeah, big one. It implies he's doing shit. He's got purpose. You know, when men communicate, we get straight to the point. We prefer talking in person over the phone. We're much more like, to the point. Whereas women, they're much more detailed. They send paragraphs. Like I'm sure there's statistics on this. Women send way more paragraphs. And all you dudes in the comments like, oh, I send paragraphs all the time. Well, yeah, it's a very feminine behavior. Stop sending, bro. Dude, stop sending paragraphs. Why would you... That should go without saying. A girl will be bad at replying to you, not because she's not on her phone. It's usually because she's texting other people, girls, guys, and you're just at the bottom of the totem pole. It's basically her way of saying you're not important. You know, you replied within two hours, took her like a day and a half. But like, once again, it's not because she was working. It's not because she was out busy. You know, she's on her phone all the time. Mm -hmm. It's because she just didn't care or see enough value in you. Now, I don't care what gender you identify with, but if someone isn't getting back to you immediately or the overall energy and effort has noticeably changed, then yes, depending on the situation, they may be avoiding you or not interested or you might be lower on their roster. If you're not officially committed to someone, then you can talk to whoever you want and you don't necessarily owe anyone an explanation. But again, this doesn't go for every single case. So just to shoot some holes in their logic... They're saying that women show red flag behavior when they're not texting back in an appropriate time frame. And they are also showing red flag behavior when they're on their phones all the time. So what is green flag behavior? Not having a phone? Like, I can't be on my phone all the time to respond to you while simultaneously not being on my phone to enjoy the company of who I'm with if that's not you. Oh, shit. That's right. I guess they mean it's only a red flag when you're on your phone in their presence and when you're in other people's presence, their attention doesn't matter. So you need to be able to respond to them immediately. Sorry, my dumb girl brain wasn't understanding their logic for a second. Now, I know for myself, if I'm with company, I don't sit on my phone the entire time. But will my phone be out or next to me? Yes. Will I occasionally check my notifications? Also, yes. But there are many times I won't respond to people until the next day, depending on how late it is or if I've been drinking or depending on what the conversation is about. You know, it's all it's all relative. And realistically, if you're talking to someone for a length of time, you generally know when things start to shift. Everyone has that gut feeling when you start to feel people pull away or you know things are going to end or whatever the case is. And for me, years ago, I would hold on for dear life and and I wouldn't want things to end. Now I have a little bit more respect for myself and I don't fight for people's attention or love or whatever. So if someone starts to pull away from me, I just kind of let them, you know, 
But to make blanket statements about people's texting habits and capabilities and all of that stuff is a little ridiculous. All right, I'm going to wrap up this episode because I think we've all heard enough of the nonsense for today. Like I said before, everything with dating and relationships and sex and all of that stuff is situational, okay? You have to handle each encounter with every person completely different because you're never going to have the same exact experience every time, okay? Just take everything with a grain of salt and... At the end of the day, it's your life. So people can give you advice and their two cents till they're blue in the face. But if it's not resonating with you or it doesn't feel right, then don't do it. Okay. All right, guys, have a great weekend and I will chat with you next week. Love you guys. Bye.